Is your marketing ready for the peak season? Well, if it's not, find out how to get it ready on today's show. Now, before we get started, I want everybody to know that we've launched our Service Tech Module 3 online course this month. If you're a member, you can get access to this course by going to Contractor Training, Online Classes, Service Technician, then click on Module 3. This module deals with the client experience, sales and communication skills, so log in today and get started. Now, on today's show, we're going to have the legend himself, Mr. Gary Alex, and he's going to be working on some content from our annual Seizing the Summer series, right? This is specialized content we do every year specifically for the summer. Today, Gary's going to talk about marketing in the summer season, right? It's different from what we do in the spring and in the fall. So let's join Mr. Gary Alex as he teaches us how to market during the hot summer season. Hi, welcome back to Contractor University. I'm Gary Alex, and it is nice, nice to be back in Colorado Springs, home of the video studio for EGIA. We're going to talk about how to bust out of this COVID-19 whole situation that we've all dealt with. It's been something that was completely unexpected. Nobody really was prepared for it. I shouldn't say nobody, but I would say most all of us were unprepared. I know I certainly was. And our goal in this particular video segment is to take you through the fundamentals of a marketing plan to be able to look at your company and say, how do I take a marketing funnel? How do I take a blueprint and, and ask the questions uh, and put my resources, my dollars, and my message in a position where I can go ahead and put that back out into my communities and basically leverage that and grow the business, even though we've had you know, what we would consider to be a uh, a challenging environment. I think that's an overused word at the moment, but it certainly describes exactly where we've been. So the reality is you might still be in your shoulder season, but you've got to have your plan of attack ready to go. So as we go through the discussions on the marketing plan, let's make sure we understand exactly how to make this a home run and so we can actually uh, recover and uh, make it a great year. I think this year is going to turn out to be our best year in all of our businesses because we're basically flat now, and I think what we're doing is we're seeing an opportunity to grow in an in a era where acquisitions and some opportunities will probably open up. So let's go to the whiteboard. All right, the G-Man is back in the whiteboard learning lab, Contractor University, so here we go. How do we break out of COVID-19, and how do we take the seize the summer mentality? How do we seize the opportunities that exist? Clearly, there are opportunities. So what I've done is I've constructed a whole bunch of stuff on this board here, but I'm going to take you through it bullet point by bullet point. Uh, you might want to pause and think about the concept as we talk through some of these and consider the idea of what you do in your business and how you want to apply the idea, or even if it's a good idea, because not every idea that we have here is a good idea for every business. We get that. However, what I want to make sure you have is you have a full set of questions. Ask them and answer them so that as you look at your business, you put together a tight marketing plan and you leverage the opportunity to seize the summer. So let's start up here with the left. We have existing customers, new customers, 
acquisitions, which are potential companies that might not be making it through this particular environment, uh, probably going to be a larger percentage than we've seen since 2008 housing crisis, and also new verticals, a new vertical that you might want to enter. So if you're an HVAC company, you want to get into plumbing, or if you're in uh, plumbing and you want to get into HVAC, or maybe you want to go into solar, maybe you want to go into geothermal, there's plenty of opportunities for new verticals. So these are what I would consider to be your big buckets. Now, how do you attack the bucket? How do you attack each one of these? So with respect to your existing customers, you basically have a database. You have customers that are idle, which are non-club uh, related, and then you have club customers. So you have different products and different strategies that you're going to want to deploy to be able to attack, whether that's an existing customer that's idle or whether that's an existing customer that's on club. So think about this. We'll start with club first. Club is relatively easy because you have the ability at this point with coming out of the COVID uh, problem to go ahead and get those scheduled. So scheduling this, what I would recommend is you have a promotion, you have an opportunity to talk to customers that are in the demographic range of the equipment of say 10 years or older or five to seven years in Florida. Uh, we we're just talking to a friend of mine down in West Palm Beach. You know, he's uh, saying three years is really the life cycle where a lot of his equipment sits because it's literally oceans on both sides. I mean, he's literally the island, so he's you know basically surrounded by saltwater. So yeah, so three years. So arm your technicians with a promotion. So we've done that in years past where we've used the Sweet 16 or some form of a financing program, maybe 12 months, no payments, no interest. You got to be strong on this. You got to come out of COVID with you know uh, basically blazing. So have that promotion ready, train your technicians, focus on the fact that that existing customer already loves you, they have a brand relationship with you, they already know what the customer journey is and they like you, that's why they're patronizing you. This group of customers is different. They're not on your club. So I would focus on email marketing campaigns, which are gonna be down here as part of the digital. I would focus on a texting type campaign, a call center campaign, drop precision tune-up cards. So Drew talks a lot about monster maintenance. Uh, there are companies out there that talk about a full rejuvenation of your system. Uh, we do price-based advertising. There's no right way to do this. What you need is a strategy that gets the precision tune-up and the maintenance done in your local geography. So the, the trick to this is that you think about, all right, well, how do I actually deal with that? What's the promotion? What's the call to action? So. While we're in this discussion right here on the existing customer club, which means I have a scheduled repeating model, non-club, which means they call me when they need me. It's a crisis, draw the resource when it's appropriate. I wanna take you over to the marketing model and reinforce the marketing model. So we're gonna solve each one of these with this marketing model. So it's over here in brown. This is the marketing funnel. So let's start off with the idea that we are in number one. We are talking about, we got to have a plan. And so spending money is easy. Well, well, we need to get the money back. If I spend you know, half a million dollars on marketing, I'd like to get the growth and the return on the gross profit line that proves that that half a million dollars was useful. So we're going to use campaign strategy and we're going to track it. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to look at each part of this and say, we have to define who the target audience is. Who am I targeting? Is that female, male, demographics, age of homes, lifestyles, et cetera? Geographic zones. So is this a new marketplace? 
or existing. And so this, in this particular case, it's an existing geozone. So we're good here. The third area is, well, what product or service am I actually marketing? So in this case, it could be a tune-up, it could be monster maintenance, it could be rejuvenation, it could be a promotion for a uh, product such as a uh, residential changeout, uh, 21 seer piece of equipment, you know, 20 year warranty, uh, 12 months no payments, no interest, the financing. You know, we know for a fact that when you pay for cash for something, there's a pain receptor in your brain and it hurts. It actually physically challenges your mentality versus credit. When somebody uses credit or financing, that pain receptor doesn't exist. So the idea of creating a financing program is designed to be able to sell somebody something that they need based on a need, geared up with the idea that make it easy for them to say yes. So the promotion itself, we're not talking about lowering your price. We're talking about making the call to action strong enough that somebody who's on the bubble says, yeah, why not? Let's do that. So that's where the product or service comes in. This could be maintenance. This could be demand service. This could be commercial maintenance. This could be change out. We really don't care what it is. I just want you to define it based on a campaign. The fourth area then is what is the messaging? What are we saying? That's what we got to understand. What are we saying? Listen, you, you, 12 months, no payments, no interest is a great deal. 20-year warranty. You get this great indoor air quality package. It's all great. But none of that really resonates with the consumer. So this is about what are the benefits? You know, uh, green energy savings, COVID-19, health, just the idea that we can put your environment in your home to be uh, more safe, uh, more clean, uh, more protection for your family. The selling message is about creating the benefits for the client, not necessarily the product or the feature side. And the fifth area is that, how do I get that uh, customer to say yes now? The, the promotion, the call to action. Then you have to decide what the timing is. So we always go in here and with this discussion where we say, well, we have a you know, a, a 20 seer piece of equipment with a 20 year warranty. And uh, we're happy to do that for you. And we got 12 months, no payments, no interest. It's a great deal. But there's only so many slots. You can only do 20 of those. Or maybe you can do 10. Or maybe there's 30 or 50. Whatever that is, there has to be a timing and a limitation on that so that you understand that you can't just sell everybody that. You're trying to fill up your capacity. And you're trying to seize the summer opportunities. So. We may have historically gone in at a lower price point. Now what we're talking about doing is coming out of an environment where we didn't have a lot of sales. Now we're going into a place where we're going to get some sales. So the promotions are important. You got to cost those in your pricing so that you're not giving away the margin. So make sure you understand that there should be limitations. We don't want to be selling 20-year warranties or 16-year warranties or even 12 years or 10-year warranties. Honestly, they're bad for us. We do it to create the gross profit dollar transaction. That last one is the repetitive side of it. How often will it repeat itself? So when you do a promotion like this and you sell a system, you need to understand that you need to put a maintenance strategy in play with that. So this is going to come with a three-year maintenance agreement embedded in that uh, so that we're going to get a repeat pattern. So the repeat pattern says, I get to put my technician back out there. Obviously, we're not necessarily selling them stuff again the next year, maybe an accessory here or there. But at the end of the day, the goal is to create a repetitive pattern. It's like patronizing your uh, local grocery store or your bank or ultimately your dentist for cleanings and things along those lines. So this is the marketing funnel. So every single marketing program that you run should start with an idea of what the plan is. What's the campaign strategy that we're going to run, which in this case is 
Idle customers are getting PTUs, call center marketing, texts. Club customers are getting drip campaigns through email and so forth. So that's the campaign. Then we got to track it. So everything has to be tracked. So that points to the center of the universe right here, which is your dashboard system. Now, most of you do not have the analytics that you really need in your business to be looking at the cost per lead and the conversion processes. So I get that this is a work in progress, but at the end of the day, that's where, that's where your head needs to be. You need to be moving towards the idea that all campaigns need to be moving towards some sort of an analytic and uh, one housing place for the analytic, which in our case is the master dashboard, gives us the full blueprint of, well, what happened in digital, what happened in email, what happened in traditional, you know, maybe radio, cable TV, through call tracking systems and through landing pages, et cetera. So this is imminently doable. So again, plan, create a campaign, understand that we're gonna track it, use the marketing funnel. And so what you're doing is you're asking and answering questions about, what am I gonna do against my idle customers? And what am I gonna do with my club customers to generate work to come out and seize that summer opportunity? Let's move into the second phase of that discussion. The second phase is really down here. It's the traditional media. And so you ask yourself the question, um, well, why? And the answer is because it still exists. It's more fragmented. Digital is where the primary game is played in the marketing funnel today. But what we want to do is we want to link all of our traditional media, which creates brand awareness, impressions, people opportunity to know who we are. So a larger company is going to use most of these medias. A smaller company or a startup company may not use any of these medias and may only use digital because it is the most uh, productive based on the expense, meaning I can spend less dollars here and produce some results. I don't have to spend a whole bunch of money. Where in radio, TV, generally speaking, I have to spend a fair amount of money to create enough reach and frequency. Uh, the exception to that would be direct mail. Direct mail can be very specific, very targeted. You don't have to overspend. So that's why Wally has said, historically, he used direct mail. Drew has used a lot of direct mail. And we use direct mail right here with our precision tune-ups. Postcards go out, call center follow-up, et cetera. So I love the idea that traditional media is, uh, is tied into the analytics now. So if we, if we reframe that and say, look at your existing customer first, how do we deal with that? This is the framework that we would use. Then what we'd say is, well, some of those existing customers are gonna find us on direct mail, radio, or whatever, and they're probably going to the website. That's what's gonna happen. They're literally gonna go to the website. They're gonna check your reviews. They're probably gonna look and see on your social media what your rankings are, what people are saying about you. Are you community oriented, et cetera, et cetera. So digital is the center of the universe now because that's where people go to get the information about the company, the brand, and really what other people are now able to say about you and frankly, what you have said back to them in response. So again, we've talked about this in the past. You can do your own reputation management, but I would recommend that you as an owner not do your reputation management. Let a professional or somebody else in your organization who isn't quite as emotionally attached and invested in the overall business as a brand. You built the business, so it's emotional. When somebody's telling you that you did something wrong or they write something that isn't really accurate, it's very easy to write something back 
that isn't necessarily productive for the rest of the world to see. They, they don't have the context. When they lack the context and they lack that emotional support that evoke set that you have, they see the review and they see the response and they think, oh, well, that's not a very nice or polite way to say things. So the consumer today, though, has the opportunity to go back to the website, read about you, read about your products, uh, the About Us page, you know, how you started the business, what your, what your clients have said about you, and ultimately what people who may be connected to you in the community are saying about you and your cause marketing. So let's think about that as a marketing model. So again, we're going to have a plan. So I want you to have a campaign strategy. If you're going to use radio, you should have a campaign strategy. What are we going to target? What is the product or service that we're marketing? What are we going to say? What's the story? So I'm even going to write that down here. You should really think about right here, this is your company story. We just did an unfiltered on that. Tell your story. I've been in the business for 36 years. My dad started this business you know, in 1952. So whatever the story is. If you're a startup, you don't have quite the depth in the story, but you've got to find the story. You've got to find your retail guarantees. Maybe you do a two-year, no questions asked, money-back guarantee. Maybe you do a lifetime guarantee on the service repair. The story itself is all about the selling message. So you've got to understand that the campaign needs to have this process working. So every single campaign, we run through this model. And we ask ourselves the question, well, how do we know for sure that, that stuff is working? And the answer is, you need to have a digital tracking system, landing pages. These things need to be driven to those two areas so that the dashboard system, hopefully, that's in place in your world is capturing that. So if I spend $50,000 on radio, I can track that back to my dashboard where it says radio. And it says, this is how many leads I got, calls. And because you're tracking and you are recording your calls digitally, uh, Service Titan does this. Uh, we do that for our clients at iMarket. We, we insist they have digital call tracking and recording because we want to know, did we convert the radio call? We put the promotion out there. They called. Did we convert it? Did we book a lead? So all of those can be brought into analytics. And so that leads to phase three, which really is the cornerstone. It's the centerpiece of this whole process, which is you need to make digital become the, the best asset that you have in your marketing platform. So I see contractors' websites on a daily basis in the agency side of my world. And uh, there's a lot of contractors that have migrated over and have done this. Uh, still a small percentage, though, of the overall universe. Uh, there's still people out there that think that you know, SEO is this mystical stuff that you don't need to worry about it. Um, that's a ridiculous comment because the SEO is, while it's a long game, we're playing for a long period of time to get our rankings up. What we know for sure is the ability to blog and to be able to give the search engines what they want is part of the positioning strategy. It also affects this, ultimately affects what's going to happen down here on your Google Local. So Google Local is going to be paid. And so you have to participate and join in on that. We all know that. We'll go through that discussion in a bit. But it affects the quality of that. So if your website is not functioning at a high level, nor do you have good, good analytics on your dashboard, you're going to fall behind your other contractors in the marketplace. So 
the larger scale contractors have pretty much recognized that and already moved into that direction. And uh, so when I'm, who I'm talking to here uh, really is not you as much as I'm talking to the mid-range contractor that needs to get in the game and get a serious piece of software and technology built so that A, you have a great website with great content, content is still king, uh, links, uh, blogs, reviews are part of the linking strategy now, tying in your social media. So really, you, know, you could do uh, Facebook, you could do YouTube, you can do Twitter, uh, at this point, TikTok, uh, Instagram. So there's multiple layers of social media and there will continue to spawn new versions of this. So the social media ties back into what people are seeing and understanding about your brand, okay? So that SEO platform is all about getting you connected to your community and it's going to get stronger uh, in terms of a trend. It's not going away. It's actually converging and becoming more important. And so these medias over here are not going away either. So people say, well, these are fragmented. They are fragmented. There are fewer uh, people who understand how to actually use these tools. The larger companies typically will work with an agency, somebody like us or somebody that's a you know, full-scale agency. And so they're going to create the landing pages and the tracking systems. And we have the ability to understand then that they're working. But it's still, the customer is still going to your website. I heard your radio ad. I'm going to go to see and investigate who you are as a company, what your promotion is. You are going to present yourself here. So a lot of cases, the millennials uh, and the Gen Xers in particular, and now we have a new generation coming up. Um, what's going on is they're going to hear the messaging through this process here. And what they're going to do is they're not going to call you right away. They're going to go directly to your site. They're going to go investigate you on social media. They're going to look at your reviews and they're going to make a decision about whether they're going to call you or not. So the strength in this process is supporting this. And the weakness in this process would be, oh, I heard your ad. I went there, but I wasn't inspired because you were a 3.2. We pretty much know the research says you have to be 4.0 or better here, or people just won't react well to that. Or they read on social media, and you're not inspiring them. It's not creative. It's not fun. It's not interesting. You're not part of the community. You don't have a cause. Uh, you know, it's dull, boring, and there's nothing there. Well, the, that group of people is coming into our demographic. So, it, you know, well, we, we may say, well, we had uh, this COVID-19 event. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to think about, well, what are we going to do to break out? And so if you're going to seize the moment, you probably need to be thinking about what you're doing inside of this world. You need to make sure that you have your review system producing as many reviews as possible. Uh, so moving into the paid search, we've got Basically, you know, Google, we've got, it's called Microsoft Advertising now. They've changed the name. It used to be Bing. Now it's called Microsoft Advertising. It's the same company. It's a partnership with Yahoo. Obviously, you have Google. You have Google Local, which is really called Local Services by Google. The technical name is Local Services by Google. That's Google putting its cachet behind you and saying, I'll charge you less money for this than I will for this paid search, but you have to behave. You have to submit background checks. You have to be responsive. You have to meet their criteria. So you have to sign up for this, and it's kind of a pain if you haven't done it. But everybody really should do it. Whether you want to advertise, create a budget, and do it that way, that's up to you. This whole quadrant right here, okay, which includes 
retargeting and essentially remarketing. So you touch my page, you touch my social media, you've clicked on a link somewhere on my email marketing campaigns. It gives me access to drop that cookie in your world and I can follow you around for a period of time. What's important about that is all of this is a pay to play type service. Because of that, you really need to do this when you need the leads. So let's go back to the original conversation. If my existing customer base is big enough, I may not need that many leads. And I've got lots of customers in my agency business that say, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I, we're, we've got plenty of customers. We're farming from our existing base, and we're acquiring new businesses and feeding that machine. We don't need to do paid. And my answer is, you're right. That's a good idea. You don't want to spend money on this if you don't need to. This is an expensive place to spend money. The cost per lead here is pretty high comparatively. So if you look over here, cost per lead, you know, we're running anywhere from sort of $8 to call it, you know, $50 per lead. We've got some companies that are higher than that. We've got some companies that are lower than that. This is not a great lead generation system. It supports the idea. Start looking here, you know, you're going from $1.28, you know, up to about, call it $30. We've got some companies that are at 50 that are brand new URLs, startups. They don't have the uh, trust factor, <laughs> excuse me, authority. So, you know, it can be that high, but that's a pretty good cost per lead. If I said, I get you an installation lead for $30, you would say, yeah, sign me up for that every day. So you start coming down here and you start looking at the cost per lead down here. Well, this could be anywhere around $200. And we've seen some cases where we've spent $500. And as time goes on and you begin creating a campaign over 90 days, this declines. And so it gets better. But I mean, if you're going to spend two to $500 to create a lead here and you can spend $50 here or you can spend, you know, eight to $50 here, why would you do that? And the answer is, well, it's, it comes down to you having a good existing customer base. If you're sitting in this quadrant right here where you don't have a lot of existing customers and you have not built your club, you are going to have to be spending more money. So the new customer model means you probably don't have enough leads, which leads you directly to this place right here. This is why paid is effective. It, uh, I don't call it the new yellow pages, but uh, it's kind of an updated version of it. You know, so I can spend more money on paid and create the opportunities for myself by fishing in a pond that has a bigger geographic zone. So why wouldn't I do that? So again, we're back to your plan. How many leads do you need? Where are you going to get those leads? That brings you to a campaign strategy. Can I do this? Can I do this? Am I gonna be able to do this? Will I be able to do well at this and this? Or do I need to add some of this? So what we're doing is we're just layering on, we're building you know, a building, one block at a time. So the core customer base is where you want to be first. The new customers are great, but you've got to be strong in these positions. And if you're going to spend money down here, we've got to have the analytics, the tracking. And then you go, OK, paid search is something that I'm, maybe I want to do. So again, I can amp my budget and increase that. Uh, just talk to a, a very, very uh, fine gentleman in uh, Detroit, Michigan, uh, somebody that I've known for uh, 20 years or so at least. And so he, uh, he didn't have a great technology. He's going to put a new technology in. But in the meantime, he's like, I, I need to come out of this COVID-19. I need to spend some money and generate some leads. So we started looking at his geo zones, his budget to get the leads that he required for his plan was about $16,000 a month. 
but he only had about $5,000 a month to spend. So because we don't have a great existing customer base, he doesn't have a great technology, there's really only one option. I mean, you start looking at traditional or paid. Either uh, Both of those are expensive, so we're choosing paid. And he's okay with the 5,000, but we had to limit his geo zones. We literally said, well, if we don't spend 16,000 and you only have five to spend per month, we're gonna manage that. We don't wanna have cost per leads going up, but we can't spend all that money in all those different geo zones that you wanted. You gotta narrow your scope a little bit. So this is the exact conversation I want you to be thinking about is, if you're going to create the campaign, how many leads do you need? Well, I only have $5,000 as a budget, fine. So narrow the zones down. We can't go to all the zones we want to. So we'll create leads for him, but it's just not gonna be quite as many as he thought. So he's gonna have to manage that. We, we also have to sort of count on the idea that he's going to have to do some precision tune-up marketing inside of his new customer world as well. So I would take you right over here and say, this is a direct mail conversation for him and he's gonna to have to do some PTU drops to go find some new customers and hopefully turn them into existing customers. So, paid search, Google, Microsoft, local services, get in that game, targeting and retargeting customers, dropping cookies on if they visited your site, we can chase them around. What we do is we send them messages, we can send them promotions, we can reinforce the idea that they visited you, they were probably interested in your company and your services or they wouldn't be coming to an HVAC, plumbing, electrical, solar type site. So that leads us then to the social media conversation over here. Uh, we need to be geared in social media. Uh, yeah, uh, again, talked to a, a very fine gentleman this morning, great guy, uh, great personality, runs a nice company. Point blank said, I'm, oh, I'm old. I don't do social media, but you know my family does, my wife does, I, I get it. So, but his social media profiles, I mean, he basically had a Facebook page and that's it. So he's not doing any videos. He wasn't present on Twitter or Instagram. He's not uh, creating blogs and he's not tying his blogs through all of his various medias. So I will write a blog here. We can take that out to email. We can try to sell some things via email very delicately. We can repost those to social media. We can tie all those videos together. Not only that, it could be interesting stuff doesn't have to be just garbage disposals. It can be all kinds of interesting stuff. So last on this list is texting, communication, live chat bots. Live chat's part of the website, so that ought to be active. A lot of people will say, well, I don't really want that. I don't like it. You can't let your biases get in the way of your marketing decisions. You have to decide what the client wants. Again, create a plan. What's the campaign? Who is the target audience? Well, I got news for you. The millennials and the Gen Xers, they like the chatbots. They don't want to fool around a lot. They're going to go on your site. They're going to review what's going on. They'll click on the chatbot. They'll send the lead in. They do expect to be called and communicated with. They just don't want to do it now. So they have their own idea about how they want to interface with your company and your brand. If, if people didn't like the internet, Amazon wouldn't exist. Amazon's trading at like $2,450 right now, and it's booming as a business through this whole process. And you can say, well, it's because of COVID-19, but they were booming before COVID-19. They just got a shot in the arm because of that. So more people are being exposed to the digital technology than ever before. 
That is not going to go away. That's going to facilitate the trend further and faster. So a chatbot is nothing more than a convenience for the customer. You don't pay for it unless somebody actually dials in and uses it. Uh, me personally, I don't use it. Uh, it's not something I would rather you know, uh, click the call and talk to somebody. But I still have it on my websites. So you can't let your personal biases and personal assumptions influence your decision. So get yourself a texting and communication model in place too. Text message to existing customers uh, about scheduling, about opportunities, and even texting messages to your database about various uh, promotions, ideas, even social media. You know, check for our cause marketing. You know, we're getting ready to run a program for you know whatever the cause is. Uh, you know, saving pets. You know, adopt a pet. Uh, breast cancer awareness, uh, military families, gold star families. There's a, a ton of places where you can place emphasis on social media and cause marketing. So text communications doesn't have to be about selling somebody something or scheduling. It can be absolutely tied to your social media. So again, what is the campaign? What is the overall strategy through the campaign? Who's the audience for the text message? Do we have target zones that we care about? What's the product or service? That could be social media cause marketing, or it could be something that we're actually going to be doing. Like, we're in your neighborhood to do a maintenance agreement. Uh, Drew talked about the monster maintenance is normally 229. It's now 169. Here are the benefits. Call us at this number. Visit www. So the selling message itself, the promotion, the timing and limit. The li time is limited. It's this week only, and we only have 40 slots available. Boom, that's a text. So being able to do that is absolutely part of your overall digital strategy. So this is a core discussion. The final element of this discussion is acquisition and new verticals. So I encourage you to go to the EGI site and spend some time on the acquisition module. It's uh, technically in two places. It lives uh, in the marketing section, but it also lives under the financial management section. The financial management section is really about how to value and how to create a price monetizing the database of a company that you might acquire. Uh, but the marketing funnel on this is pretty simple. We want to market to SIC code 1711. We want to attack the idea that, hey, if you want to join our team, we'd be happy to talk to you. When you bring that database in, it's very important. The success pattern of this is tied to the idea that you have a plan you have campaigns and you have a tracking system. If you have those things, what you do is you plug the database that you get into this model over here. So we're going to send them a nice letter. We're going to invite them to the club. We might give them some coupons. We're going to give them our website. They're going to have to go to the website to download the coupon, build some traffic to your website, some Alexa. Uh, we're going to focus the idea that uh, once we get them in, we've got the database. We bought the database, so we have access to their name, their phone numbers. We can put them in our texting model. So again, you can see that if I have the acquisition and I get the database, if somebody hands me a quality thousand names with you know, real life demographics and history, I can plug that into the marketing structure. And so I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried about this. They're not going to influence based on this. We're going to be going to this discussion. We're going to treat them as an existing customer. Even though they're basically not really, uh, they, they kind of are a new client, we're going to treat them in this model, this side of the vertical. So we're going to, we're going to PTU them. We're going to coupon them. We're going to write them a nice letter. We're going to call center them. 
and then we're going to organize the idea of texting, communicating, and ultimately, if we sell them a club agreement, we're going to bring in the opportunity to buy a piece of equipment. So it's a messy board. I know it. Uh, that just says I'm back. So uh, it's nice to be out of, the, uh, out of jail. So uh, I'm going to go back in studio, and we'll wrap it up. All right, back in studio. One of the things that I've said over and over and over in this discussion is you need to have a plan. So if you don't have a core marketing plan, the first thing you should do is go to the EGI website, go under the marketing section, and get the outline that I've created for you to design a marketing plan. A lot of the content that's in this particular video will be a part of that. So I want you to understand that you need to have a campaign strategy. You can't just wing it. Well, I shouldn't say that. You absolutely can and do wing it. Let's not do it that way. Because the tracking and the analytics that come behind that, the measurements that prove the success or failure, you're going to end up with a better overall set of analytics and results, more sales, more gross profit dollars, better growth, if you control what's going on with respect to your marketing because you sat down and thought about your campaign. So recently, I've posted a full year campaign calendar for social media, a full year campaign calendar for email marketing, a full year campaign calendar for all of your other marketing. So there's really no excuse coming out of the COVID-19 to not have sat down and thought about what kind of things can we do in order to improve our campaigns. So then I brought you to the marketing model, you know, which is, hey, what's the target audience? Who am I selling to demographically and psychographically? What geo zones? What kind of product and services? What's the awareness vehicle? Uh, the medium of choice? What am I going to say? What's the selling message, et cetera? All the way down through timing and repetitive call to action, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm encouraging you to follow the blueprint of create a plan, create a campaign, measure, track, understand it, debrief on it, and then repeat that process. And so hopefully, those of you that recognize this discussion recognize that if your digital assets are not uh, strong, that all the other marketing that you're doing is, uh, is going to be useful, but it's probably not going to be as effective as it could be when people visit your site and they visit your technology, your social media, and or they see you know, what's going on in your world with respect to your digital brand asset that's out there. If they're not inspired by your company and what your message is and uh, your brand promise, if it's just me too, you're probably not going to get as many conversions. And the name of the game is conversions. So. As always, if you have questions, you send me a note through the Ask the Expert portal. Happy to help out. We've got the Contractor Connect on Facebook now, so that's pretty exciting. Love that we're in the Facebook world again. Uh, that's fantastic. Use that tool. And as always, uh, make sure that you understand that we're here to help you. We appreciate the fact that you're an EGI member. Uh, we can't do what we do without having you as a client, and we're happy to serve you. I will see you on the next summer segment. And uh, remember, seize the summer. Take care. Awesome content right there from Gary, as always. We love this special Seizing the Summer content, right? We do it every year. It's special content just for the summer. Now, if you like this content and you're not a member, you can get full access to the series right now by filling out the form on this page. This is powerful, powerful content that you can implement all summer long to maximize your profits and be prepared for the dreaded slow season. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now.